tonight and go over to Luke, Luke in chapter number 16. Luke in chapter number 16. By the way, it's Andrew's birthday today. He's 37 years old. <laughs> Samantha wants us to sing happy birthday to him, but actually what I'm going to do is just have her come up and sing happy birthday to him. <laughs> It'd be a lot more fun for everybody. I really think it would. Don't you think so, Samantha? You don't think so? Yeah, I would. Should I take a vote? <laughs> All right. Samantha, never mess with the man with the microphone. You'll pay me. That's a nice $20 bill. I like that. I can be bought. Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Let's go and stand in reverence to the word of God. Luke chapter 16. We're going to begin with verse number 19 and we'll read down to the end of the chapter. The Bible says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father, Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that they would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear him. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead. Let's pray. Father, I come to you tonight, and God, I ask you for your strength, for your wisdom, for your understanding. Lord, I pray that the hearts of, of these people, your people, would be open tonight. God, I beg you for a working of your Holy Spirit. I pray that, Lord, you would burden our hearts concerning uh, the, the, the truth. Lord, it's not a concept, it's a truth of, of heaven and hell and eternity. And Father, I pray that tonight our hearts would be bound closer to you, and I pray that because of that we'd, we'd be more bold and more outgoing and ready to share the gospel with every creature. Father, I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Luke chapter 16 is the story of rich man and Lazarus. Um, it's not a parable. Um, Jesus, in his parables, never gave anybody a name. And here in this story, and he always told, made it very abundant, that abundantly clear it was a parable, and this he does not. It's a, this is a true story. The Bible says there was a certain rich man. The Bible talks about this rich man, and the Bible goes through the story of how outside this rich man's house and his gate lay a beggar by the name of Lazarus. And Lazarus... Um, 
he didn't have things good in this life. He, he had things as poor and as terrible as they could be. And Lazarus sat outside those gates hoping to feed off the crumbs from this rich man's table. The day came where Lazarus died. The Bible says he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, but then we also find out that the rich man died. And the rich man, the Bible says he was buried and in hell he lift up his eyes. He closed his eyes in death here and opened his eyes, the Bible tells us, in hell and being in torment. The story goes on to say that he sees Abraham, Father Abraham, afar off, father of the Israelite Hebrew people. And he cries out and he begs him, he says, please allow Lazarus to put a, put a, put a drop of water on his finger and, and drop it so that it may cool my tongue. He said, I'm tormented in these flames. Abraham reminds him of the opportunities he had in his life, his earthly life. The rich man then switches gears and says, I have five brothers. He said, I have five brothers that are still living. He said, they still have a chance. He said, would you please send someone to them? And Abraham answers him back. He says, they have Moses and the prophets, or they have the word of God. And the rich man argues, and he says, no, Abraham, if there was one who rose from the dead, they would repent and believe. And Abraham answers back. He says, no. He says, verse 31, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Folks, how true, what a prophetic saying of Christ, the one who did rise from the grave, the one who did rise from the tomb, and yet they don't believe. Tonight we're going to look at why we ought to tell others about Christ, why we need to tell others about Christ. And folks, I pray that you'd follow with me tonight. Tonight's message won't be complicated. It won't be anything fancy, but I pray that it would stir your heart. And please stay with me this evening as we go through this. In Luke chapter 16, we have the story of a man who died and who went to heaven, and we have a man who died and went to hell. And folks, can I tell you that story has continued to repeat itself since the day Jesus told it? There are people that are dying and they're passing into eternity and the Bible says that in hell they're lifting up their eyes. It's a fact. And tonight I pray that you'd understand that it's a fact. Eternity is not a game. And folks, I'll be very honest with you, we, we sometimes grow very comfortable in our church pews. We grow very comfortable in our air-conditioned buildings. We grow very comfortable in our, the safety of our Sunday school classes and in the schedule of our activities and our weekly services and so on and so forth. But I have to tell you something. There is a great multitude of people tonight who are passing into eternity. And the Bible tells us that they are without Christ, that in hell they lift up their eyes, being in torment. Tonight we'll look at calls to go soul winning. Number one, there is a call from within. And every one of us that's a born-again Christian has the Holy Spirit of God within us. 
the Bible in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. He told us to go in all the world and preach the gospel. That was called the Great Commission. And yet I look tonight at the multitude of Christianity and people who claim the name of Christ and there is no urgency. We, some of you, and I, I almost, it almost bothers me to say this, but you look at the religion you hold to and you look at it as a crutch. You mock it. You are infatuated with the, 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 the emerging church movement. You're infatuated with the inner peace movement of today. And, and, and i got to tell you, something's wrong. You see, you're supposed to have a call from within. There's supposed to be something inside of you that drives you to give the gospel to people. And folks, I pray that tonight that that heartbeat is beating in your chest. Our heart ought to beat to tell others about a Savior who can save from a hell that is hot and that a hell, from a hell that is real. And tonight, let me challenge you to grasp hold of that. You say, well, well, my life is fine, but there are people that are dying and they're perishing and they're going to go to a hell that is hot and is real and is forever and there ought to be a call tonight from within. You say, I don't want to be embarrassed at my job, but there ought to be something within you that says, tell that individual about a Savior. There ought to be a call from within. Folks, I'm going to say some things tonight and they, they might be sharp. But I do have to say, if you don't feel a call from within, you might want to check your salvation. I don't comprehend Christians who have no desire to tell other people about the Savior. I sat in my office last week, and I sat with some people who claimed to be born-again Christians, and when I began to give them the gospel, they became offended with me. What's wrong? What's wrong? See, Christianity has become a hodgepodge. It's as Jesus foretold. There are going to be a great deal of weeds among the wheat. There's going to be a lot of tares among the true ones. And folks, I'm looking tonight at a group of people, and i got to tell you, if there's not a call from within, you might want to go all the way back to the day you say you got saved. I sat with someone in my office last night, and I, and I shared the gospel with that lady, and I took her through the plan of salvation. But before I did that, I said, can you tell me from the Bible when you trusted Christ? And she gave me a wonderful story about a religious experience, but I said, you've got to trust the Word of God. I said, I didn't ask you about a religious experience, and I've had them, folks. There have been times in my life when God touched my heart, and I felt the Spirit of God move, and I felt the presence of God close to me. But I'm going to tell you tonight, that is not when you get saved. You get saved when you call upon the name of the Lord, and the Bible says that man shall be saved. You take the Word of God. I'm not going to take some experience or some religious experience for my salvation. I'm going to take God's Word on it. And tonight there ought to be a call from within that drives us and to tell others about how to be born again. Secondly, there's a call from without. In Acts chapter 16 and verse number 9, the Bible says, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. There's a call from without. There's a call from without. Last month we spent all of our Saturdays as a church body, and a number of people came out, but I'll tell you this, there was a greater number of people who didn't. 
But we went out into some of the cities in this area. We went to our city, our Jerusalem, and we went into, into Judea, and we went to, to Bloomington, and we went to Boscobel, and we went to Ezekiel to share the gospel with people. And i got to tell you, there's a call from without. There are people that are waiting to hear the word of God. They desire the gospel. And when the gospel is presented to them, folks, I'm going to tell you this right now, the Holy Spirit pricks their heart and they come to a point of salvation where they put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. A couple of weeks ago, I knocked on a door down on Prairie Street and I knocked on that door and my son was with me and he can tell you about it. And a man came to the door and this man was upset and this man was, was going through a very difficult time in his life and I began to, to try to help him and to comfort him with the Word of God and I finally got around to the gospel and the Lord gave me the opportunity to share the gospel with him. And all of a sudden as I began to tell him that all he needed was Christ, he became just overcome and he began to weep uncontrollably. And he went into the house and he shut the door and he said, I'll talk to you some other time. He said, I just can't talk to you right now. There's a train passing by and after the train was done, I said, sir, and I didn't holler it, but I said, sir, I said, could I just pray with you? That man came back out on the stoop, tears coming down his face. And I prayed. And I finished sharing the gospel with him. And I asked him if he'd like to receive Christ. And that man bowed his head and he prayed and he put his faith in the Son of God. Folks, there's a call from without. You say, oh, nobody wants to hear it. That's not true. There are people that will hear it. There are people that will listen. In this passage in Acts 16, there were some in Macedonia who desired the gospel and the Holy Spirit of God pushed Paul and said, go and preach to them. In Acts chapter 10, you find a man by the name of Cornelius. And Cornelius was a Gentile who desired to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit came to the Apostle Peter and said, go tell that Gentile about my saving grace. There are those that are waiting to hear. But folks, can I ask you this? Are we ready to go? You see, there is a call from without, but tonight do we hear that call? You say, well, well, I'm comfortable where I'm at. I'm comfortable in the church. I'm comfortable teaching my class. I'm comfortable being a deacon. But there is a call tonight from without that says you must be born again. And there's a call from those people that say, with someone, please just tell us. And yet, where are we? Oh, we're comfortable. We believe in our Calvinism. If God wants them saved, they'll get saved. Hogwash. Why did God put you here? The Holy Spirit has no feet but your feet. The Holy Spirit has no hands but your hands. The Holy Spirit has no mouth but your mouth. And where is it tonight? You say, well, well, if they really want it, they'll come into the doors of the church. Maybe they're like Cornelius. Maybe they're like these people in Macedonia. And they're waiting for someone to tell them. There's a call from without. There's a call from without. Yesterday, Brother Juan, and I think you were with, were you with one of your kids? Or with, I don't know who you were with, Brother Juan, but got to share the gospel with a man. And, and the story is quite entertaining. His wife wanted nothing to do with a Spanish missionary. Nothing. And she went in the house somewhat offended, didn't she? And Juan turned around and said, can I talk to you? And the man said, go right ahead. And the man made a profession of faith and put his faith in Jesus Christ. Why? There's a call from without. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. I've tried talking to those people. Try talking to some new ones. 
Alright? Yeah, I'm, I'm all for getting burdened for those two in your life. But folks, there's a lot more than two people out there that are lost and dying and going to hell. Get burdened for the world. Get burdened for those around you. You say, oh, oh, what difference could I make if you only ever reach one and only one ever listens and one only ever gets saved? It's worth it. Go. I said, number one, there's a call from within. Do you hear it? Tonight, is that Holy Spirit of God beating in your chest? Is He telling you to go out and share the gospel? Folks, I don't understand how we as born-again Christians can claim the name of Jesus Christ and then let it die with us. God forbid. Man, we have the truth. We have everything. We have the Word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. And yet, many of us in here tonight have no desire to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. God didn't give you the gospel just for you. He gave you the gospel to share with others. The greatest command Christ ever gave, the greatest command every Christian has tonight is to go and share the gospel with the lost. It's a call from within. Secondly, there's a call from without. Thirdly, there's a call from above. Went to a visitation on Friday night. Cody Fiddler died in a tragic car accident about a week and a half ago, and some of you know who that is, and some of you know the family to a certain degree. Cody Fiddler was not what you call a church-going young man. But about seven years ago, some people from our church knocked on his door and invited him and his sisters to Vacation Bible School. And Cody and his sisters came. And they caused us hell on earth, didn't they, Brother Leo? And they came on and off for about a year. But during that year, Cody Fiddler made a profession in Jesus Christ. You see, there's a call from above tonight. Tonight, Cody Fiddler is in heaven because some people from this church went out and knocked on someone's door and said, hey, would you like to come to a vacation Bible school and we're going to have a carnival and we're going to do some crazy things during the week and some crazy guy is going to get up behind a pulpit and preach to you about Jesus Christ. And that young man, by the grace of God tonight, by his own profession of faith, is in heaven. And I promise you tonight, he looks down and he says, I may not have been what I should have been down there on that earth, but he said, thank God somebody told me. And tonight, if he's got the ability, I promise you, he's cheering from heaven saying, just please tell one more. Hey, t t tell another young person. Tell another adult. Tell another mama. Tell another grandma. Tell another great-grandma about Jesus. There's a call from above. It's been 15 years ago, working on the truck docks, and my brother and a few other fellows from college worked there, USF Distribution. Wonderful job. It's the only thing that kept us sane through Bible college. I looked forward to getting out of Bible college to go to work. I really did. And Brother Dahl and some of you know Brother Judah and I, we all worked there and we were the preacher boys and they made fun of us and did all sorts of things to prank us and try to ruin our testimony, but we put up with it and tried to keep our testimony as best we could. There was one young man that worked there just a couple of years younger than, than us, and his name was Caesar, and if I'm not mistaken, his last name was Romero. And Caesar, Caesar was a Mexican in every sense of the word. He was a little gangbanger, and he thought he was, he was Caesar was probably, uh, Brother Dahl, I don't remember, probably 5'8", 
weighed about 100 pounds and thought he was the Incredible Hulk. He just, he just was this little macho man, and he'd come in with those little wife beater t-shirts on, and his arms, I mean, really, they, they looked like pixie sticks, you know, and, he'd, he'd, and he had this little funny accent, and he'd just, he'd just swagger in, you know, and he, and he and one of his buddies, and I can't remember his buddy's name, they got hired at the same time, and we used to call him Ren and Stimpy. And, and, and they were these two little guys, and the one guy was kind of chubby and fat and overweight, and he was a, he was a Hispanic, and the Caesar was a skinny little Mexican guy, and we we tease them, and they, they were good-natured young fellas, they really were, and well, we got the opportunity to to get to know them fairly well, and they worked with us for probably eight months, and. We'd go up on the weekends and we'd play basketball with them. And Caesar, again, he was short, he was skinny, he thought he was the Incredible Hulk, thought he could play basketball. He was pathetic. You didn't want him on your team. You wanted him on the other team. You really did. But Caesar was a good guy. And Caesar, Caesar would talk to us and, and, and listen to us on occasion. Well, one of those Saturdays after we were done, I got, I got to, a chance to take Caesar to the side and we began to sit down and, and I got to share with him the greatest story ever told. And I got to share with him how you must be born again. And, and I remember sitting in Caesar's automobile that day. And again, it was one of those pimped out rides. And boy, again, he, he, was, he was 19 years old and he was the man, you know. And, 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 and he, he, he put it, but he bowed his head that day and he put his faith in Jesus Christ. Just a few days later, just a few days later, I got a call. They said, Caesar's been in a fatal car accident. Speeding down one of the roads of, high, or roads of Chicago, he hit a lamp pole. They said it was gang related. I don't know if it was or not. But that lamp pole fell and it crushed the automobile killing Caesar. The damage was so bad to him that they had a closed casket. But praise God, I was able to go to that funeral service and share with Mama and Daddy that Caesar had gotten saved. And they were Catholic as Catholic could be. But they were so thankful that their son. And they called me father. <laughs> I'm not a father. All right? But they, 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 they thanked me for talking to Caesar and knowing for sure that he had put his faith in Jesus Christ. And tonight, if Caesar can look down from heaven, and if Caesar can say anything, he says, hey, hey, tell another one. He says, tell another one about the gospel. Tell another young man. Tell another grandpa. Tell another grandma. Tell another person. Tell somebody how to be saved. Tonight, that young man is in heaven because somebody told him about a Savior. Just a few days. What if I'd have waited? What if I said, oh, I'll have another opportunity? He was a young man. He was healthy. He was in the prime of his life. He had everything ahead of him, seemingly. Except he had a date with destiny. And his life was gone. Boy, I praise God. There's a call from above tonight. Folks, you, I, I wish we'd understand this. I wish we'd grasp hold of this. I wish we'd understand that Hebrews 12 talks about a great cloud of witnesses and I, I don't know if they can see us or not. I've debated that one way or the other for years. But folks, I can promise you this. Those people in heaven, they desire us to share the gospel with people. Jesus Christ, the Bible says in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, He said, I am come to seek and to save sinners. 
Jesus didn't come to give us a church. Jesus didn't come to give us an air-conditioned building. Jesus didn't come to give us some audio or microphone system. Jesus came to seek sinners. And folks, the will of God is not accomplished in here unless we go out there with this truth. And tonight, I wish we'd understand that. We say, well, pastor, I'm a good Christian. When's the last time you share the gospel with anyone? You say, but I'm in church tonight, and I praise God you're in church, and I, I don't want to throw you out of church. I don't, I don't want to chastise you to the point where you don't feel like you want to come. But folks, I've got to tell you something. This is the most important truth that Christianity holds. It is the gospel. And without it, people are going to either live in heaven forever with it, or without it, they're going to perish, and they're going to burn in hell forever. You say, Pastor, I don't like to think about that. Neither do I, but it's the truth. There's a call from above. There's a call from above. I could tell some more stories about those that we've had the opportunity. Going through back through some of the vacation Bible schools, there was that young boy several years ago, Tenor boy, who was killed on, on a tractor, tragic tractor accident, 14, 15 years old. And that boy made a profession of faith at one of our vacation Bible schools. And I could tell you stories tonight about how young people and how adults, by the grace of God, I stopped at a garage sale just on Friday and I talked to, to Jim Orient's daughter, Brother Mike. And Jim Orient, by the grace of God, he got saved because some people knocked on his door and told him about Jesus Christ. Jim Orient's gone now. He's in heaven. But there's a call from above tonight that says, tell one more. Tell one more. Just please, don't, don't give up. I know nobody's listening, but just tell one more. There's a call from above. Fourthly, tonight, I said, number one, there's a call from within, and that's the Holy Spirit. He should be pushing on your heart right now. Secondly, I said, there's a call from without. There are those in our community who desire the gospel. Brother Juan, there are those in Brazil who desire the gospel in Sao Paulo that desire to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we send missionaries, by the way. We don't send them over there to build hospitals. We don't send them over there to teach the, the natives how to build gardens. We don't teach them how to become a, a first world nation like we have in America. We send them over there to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why, why we have missionaries. Understand that. I said thirdly that there's a call from above tonight. But fourthly, there's a call from below. And that brings us back to our text. You see, this rich man, after he realized his fate was sealed, he cried out. And folks, I can only imagine the torment and the pain and the suffering he was in. And as a half-crazed man looks up and he sees Abraham, he says, please tell my brothers. They don't want to come here. They don't want to die without Christ. They don't want to die without a Savior because without that, they're going to burn like I am forever. You see, tonight, number four, there's a call from below. About a year after Caesar had passed away on the truck docks, we had a third shift boss, and Ted and I, we didn't work for him, but we worked for a couple hours during the beginning of his shift, and we all got along with Victor. Victor Garcia, he was an older guy, older Mexican, and he was, he was a lot of fun. Victor was, was an intelligent man, a pretty well-read man, hard-working guy. But Victor was kind of intimidating in some ways. 
Victor enjoyed playing basketball, and he'd come up there on those weekends when we'd be playing, and all the young whippersnappers, and boy, he was, he was a pretty stocky guy, and he'd delight in throwing his body around and trying to cripple us younger guys. He really would. And I understand that now. Being 36, I'm not as fast as I used to be, but I'm heavier than I ever was. Those younger guys, you know, they, they hit that immovable wall. <laughs> What's your problem, sissy? I'm talking to you, Corey Schilling. But Victor, we had talked around the gospel with Victor. We'd even kind of tried to talk about the gospel with Victor, but, but Victor was Catholic, as, as most Spanish folks were, and he always kind of had an answer, and he kind of brushed us off to a certain degree. We got along very well. We, we, I'd worked there five and a half years with Victor. And I remember getting the phone call that Victor Garcia had died of a heart attack at home and gone into eternity. The problem was, by Victor's own admission, he had never made a profession of faith and put his faith in Jesus Christ. You see, I'd like to say that Victor went home to be with the Lord, but I can't. I'd like to say that Victor was a good man and because of that, he'll be okay. But the Bible doesn't teach that. To the best of my knowledge, and I pray that I'm wrong, I pray that somehow, some way, he made a deathbed profession of faith. But as far as I know tonight, Victor Garcia is in hell. And folks, I don't say that lightly because that's on my conscience. I don't like to think about Victor. Because I am one of the reasons that Victor isn't in heaven. You say, oh pastor, if, if, if he was supposed to really be saved, he'd have asked you, how do I know that? What if I'd have told him one more time Brother Judah will give a testimony about that same man that on that, that week he had the pushing, the urging of the Holy Spirit to talk to him one more time after he had left work and for some reason he just didn't go back. There's a call from below. That rich man has been crying out for the last 2,000 years. Tell them not to come here. It's hot. The worm dieth not. The flames are terrible. The, 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 the darkness is, 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 in, is, 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 is absolutely unfathomable. Please tell someone not to come here. And yet tonight we sit in an air-conditioned building in the comfort of our American homes. And we say, well, I put some money in the plate. I voted to support the last missionary. I'm for people going out on Saturdays. But it's not for me. Folks, heaven help us tonight. Heaven help us. What's, what's wrong with Christianity when we can't get the most important commandment as far as our Christian lives are concerned straight? 
You say, but, but pastor, it's, it, 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 it's, it's just it's impossible to sway someone's heart. That's not my job. Pastor, it's impossible to, to get them to trust Christ. It's not my job. My job is just to go tell them. All I need to do is I need to go and I need to knock on that door. All I need to do is talk to them at break room. All I need to do is talk to them in the parking lot after work some night and say, hey, do you have a minute? Could I talk to you about eternity? Boy, Marilyn going up there and talking with Jim's cousin or, or nephew. You say, well, but for that relative, they'll never listen to me. Try. Try. Folks, for the first time in our lives, some of us need to get a burden for the people that are around us that are dying and that are going to hell. We say, well, we want to support the missionaries in Africa and we want to support the missionaries in South America. What about the people in this area? Don't they need the gospel? Don't they need to hear? Don't they need to know there's someone who shares Jesus Christ with them? You say, oh, pastor, <laughs> that's for the young zealots. That's for the young people. That's, that's for those, uh, the deacons. That's for the Sunday school class teacher. That's for everybody except me. No. No, according to my Bible, that's for every single one of us. And tonight, could I challenge you? There's a call from within. Is there something inside of your heart that beats that says, that's right. I need to talk to that coworker. I need to talk to that relative. I need to talk to my father, man. God forbid some of you today, maybe you have a father that is living, that is on his way to hell. Tell him the gospel one more time. You say, but he'll never listen to me. He's told me never to talk to him about it again. But he's your father. He's, he's, he's the reason that you came into this world. And on Father's Day, what greater thing? Oh, you say, I send him a card. Fooey on a card, folks. Give him the gospel. There's a call from within. Secondly, there's a call from without. There are those in our area, and I, I can't tell you, I think we've had, what, probably 10 or 12 folks that have made professions of faith in the last month and a half that, that, that have been outside of these walls. Just from knocking on people's doors saying, hey, could I share with you the gospel of Jesus Christ? Could I, could I tell you how ye must be born again? Folks, do, do you understand soul winning, telling other people about Jesus Christ is the example that Jesus left us? Do you know that Jesus, yes, Jesus went into the, in, in the synagogues and, and Jesus went into the temple. But Jesus went where the people were and he witnessed and he said, I am the living bread. He said, I am the living water. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus didn't do that in a synagogue. Jesus did that in what we would call the community. There's a call from without. There's a call from without. Thirdly, there's a call from above tonight. There are people that we've had an opportunity through the years to lead to Jesus Christ. And tonight, they, their, their cry echoes through the halls of heaven. Just one more. <laughs> Just one more. Just tell another. You go back a chapter in Luke and you read the story of the prodigal. You read the story of the lost sheep. You read the story of uh, the parable of the lost coin. And every single one of those says that if we just reach one more, heaven rejoices. Heaven rejoices when a lost sinner comes to Christ. Fourthly, there's a call from below. There's a call from below. 
I wonder when Victor screams out in hell. If he screams, why didn't you tell me? I worked with you for five and a half years. How come you didn't tell me one more time? And I can appease my conscience all I want. But I should have. Instead of talking around about it, I should have talked about it. I should have said, are you born again, Victor? Hey, Victor, if you were to die this second, would you go to heaven or to hell? And folks, do you understand? You say, well, well, Pastor, I, I don't want to scare them. Folks, do you, do you understand death is coming for everybody in this room here tonight? Every single person in here has a date with death. You say, I, I don't like to think about that. Neither do I. But it's true. And folks, i got to tell you, if I have not put my faith in the eternal, everlasting Son of God, I'm going to split hell wide open. You say, but, but you're a religious man. You're a, you're a preacher. You, you, you're a good husband. You're a good father. But I'll split hell wide open if I'm without Christ. And so will those people in your life. You say, well, well, I invited them to church, praise God. But have you given them the only thing that will give them eternal life? And folks, tonight I challenge you, I beg you with all of my heart. Let's heed and let's answer the call. Hey, there's another one that needs to be saved. I promise you tonight, there's someone in our community that needs to be born again. And they're ready. Would we listen to the call? All folks, I beg you, let's go ahead and stand to our feet. My friend, tonight, Maybe you're here and you've never put your faith in Christ. Maybe what you're hearing tonight is for the first time in your life what you've needed all along. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ, if you've never put your faith in the Son of God, if you don't know for sure that heaven's your home, please don't leave here without knowing that. So I sat and talked to that lady last night. I said, please don't leave here without knowing for a Bible reason that you're born again. I said, please don't leave my office without that. And folks, I beg you tonight, please don't leave here unless you know biblically, scripturally, unless you have God's word that you're going to heaven. You say, oh, one time I saw an angel or I saw a light or I felt this presence. You need to know that you have taken God at his word. And that's why you're going to heaven. And if you're here tonight and you don't have that, please, during the invitation, don't hold back. You come down here and I'll have someone, if you're a lady, I'll have a lady show you from the Bible. If you're a man, I'll have a man show you from the Word of God how you can be born again. How, what the Bible says about it, not man's Word. Man's Word has fouled things up. Christian, tonight, is there a call from within? Do you hear the call from without? Hey, I'm over here. I just, I just need someone to tell me. 
Do you hear the call from above? Man, those beloved saints who've gone on to heaven before us, I promise you tonight. Man, Pastor Bodie, about a year and two months ago, went to heaven. And tonight I can promise you, he's calling from heaven. Pastor this church for 27 years. He says, tell another one. Tell another one. And lastly, do you hear the call from below? That rich man has called out and screamed and begged and said, don't let another one come here. He said, it's awful. It's terrible. He said, I can't stand it. But he said, I can't get out of it. Do you hear the call? As the instruments begin to play, if the Lord's laid something on your heart, you come to the altar. How about it, friend? Is there someone in your life right now the Lord would have you to talk to? Amen. Folks, make sure that day up there is a glad reunion day. Please do everything you can to tell those in your life, those in your community, about the Savior. That's why Christ came. That's why he left us. Let's do it. Deacons, if I can meet you guys, we'll meet in about uh, five minutes. It's 8-12 right now. I'll just catch you five minutes after we dismiss tonight. But folks, let's, let's please take seriously this call. It's ours. It's ours. It's our responsibility to share the gospel with a world that's lost. 
and it starts right here. Brother George, you dismiss us.